program Good For You, Good For Us, Great For Louisiana. As a recipient of a prize from Coastal Broadcasting of La Rose Incorporated, also known as KLRZ 100.3 FM ESPN New Orleans, you are responsible for applicable taxes and our licensing fees. We're not responsible if a prize is damaged or breaks, an event is canceled or business closes. When mailing prizes, our station is not responsible for prizes that are damaged or lost. One winner per household for 30 days. Winner must have a picture ID and must pick up the prize within 30 days. You can pick up most prizes at our studio office, 11603 Highway 308 La Rose. Thank you for listening. New Orleans Pelicans basketball is on the air. Cross court pass to Nikhil, extra pass to Vontae, left wing three. He's got it at the buzzer! Ingram in the center circle, driving, he's got a seam. He's gonna punch it over Anthony Edwards! Hi, this is Todd Graffinini. Join John DeShazer and me as the Pelicans take on the Detroit Pistons. Friday at 7 p.m. on ESPN 100.3 New Orleans. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, George. Unfortunate news it comes to your New Orleans Pelicans. I'll give you that here shortly. Also, some news out of Baton Rouge that maybe some Tiger fans may not want to hear as well as the LSU Tigers look like they may not be keeping. Per Wilson Alexander, we had on yesterday, Kevin Falk. Well, won't be kept on staff as LSU's running backs coach. Multiple sources tell the advocate Falk, the school's all-time leading rusher, coached running backs the last two seasons. Wilson writes, the decision came as coach Brian Kelly continues to reshape the staff. Falk becomes the fifth LSU assistant who will not return next season. He joins cornerbacks coach Corey Raymond, who went to Florida. Wide receivers coach Mickey Joseph went to Nebraska. Special teams, Greg McMahon, uh, coordinator Greg McMahon, and strength and conditioning coach Tommy Moffitt. McMahon retired. Moffitt wasn't retained. So that's what's happening right now with uh, Brian Kelly's staff. A couple of uh, LSU players tweeting, not happy that uh, Kevin Falk apparently will not be coming back. So we'll touch on that. But we open up our number two with some unfortunate news as the injury update is out. If you watched the game last night, you saw Kyra Lewis go down and it didn't look good for sure. Going up for a shot, landed on the right knee, and the worst fears have been realized. The team announcing two minutes ago that Kyra Lewis will be out indefinitely after suffering a torn ACL and a grade two MCL sprain in his right knee during the second quarter of last night's game against the Denver Nuggets. Unfortunate, to say the least. Start to play better and lots of hopes and expectations. And again, speed, such a big thing for him. Not saying you can't come back from that. I mean, Clay Thompson's blown out two knees in consecutive seasons. He's working his way back here now. So not to say you can't you know, still get on the court. Just really stinks. And after the game, Herb Jones, who had a fantastic performance last night, he had this to say. Super tough. Uh, when I seen it happen, I kind of just went mute, uh, said me a prayer. I'm um, just hope the best for him. Um, and when I leave, I'll probably call his mom, try to figure out what's going on, because I don't think he has his phone right now. But, I mean, I just hated to see uh, him go down like that. I just hope, you know, he, he's good. So it's unfortunate. He's going to be out for some time, obviously. And I love hearing that from Herb Jones there. And again, last night, Herb Jones played exceptional. Last night, Jones with 19 points, 8 of 11 from the floor. And really, when you look at his game just continuing to improve. I mean, I, I don't know. I have to shelve this away as one of the top not only calls from the graph, uh, as he and John DeShazer 
here on the Pelicans Radio Network had it, but obviously one of the top plays from Herb so far this season, huh? Sadoransky floats it to Ingram up top. Get it to Herb. Drives on Gordon. Oh! oh Herb! He threw it down over Jokic! Oh my goodness, Herb! He threw it down! Herb with the punt! Indeed. And um, I love that call. Dude, Herb Jones was playing last night, man. Taking it to the rim strong. Alexander Walker. Bounce feed to Jonas. Shot fake. Yo, get your bit for it. Kick it out to Herb. Right corner three. Got it. Oh, Two in a yes, row for sir. Herb. Yes, sir. Coach Fred Vincent, baby. You heard John DeShazer say that there. Now, Herb Jones, two for two from distance, eight of 11 from the floor, seven rebounds, three assists, a steal, two blocks. I mean, you can't take him off the floor. And I'm telling you, it's going to get better once Zion eventually gets on to the court here as well. But you heard DeShazer mention about Fred Vincent and how he's helped him in the shooting. Again, he's a shot doctor. and We've all referred to it, right? Here's Herb after the game. Oh, I mean, I'm pretty comfortable. Oh, I got to get my toe off the line. If I know Coach Fred, uh, he drives them crazy. Uh, anybody drives them crazy when I step on the line. But, uh, I mean, it's coming along pretty good. Um, we're just going to keep working on it. After the game, head coach Willie Green on how he's seeing Herb Jones grow and grow on this basketball team. Yeah, I like what I see from him. Uh, we all do. He's just getting better and better. Um, but he works at it and the more he plays, the more he gets comfortable. We're all comfortable with him being on the floor and it's great to see him mix it up. He's shooting the ball, but he's also making plays, getting in the lane and finishing all things that, um, you know, we're proud to see him do. As far as others that are keeping an eye on him, Brandon Ingram. He's been working, you know, and, um, when, when you've been working, you, you get the license to take some of the shots he's taken. And we've, we've seen him um, score the basketball. We've seen him get to the lane, float it, seen him make the right pass. Um, he's a basketball player, and he's just going to do anything um, to try to win the basketball game. He's going to do anything to try to be effective on the floor, and he's been doing that. Okay, so that's a, a positive, and it's something that I highlighted at the start of the show. Look, you, you, you want the win, uh, no doubt, but – Again, it, it took an MVP to put up 39 points against you. And Jokic, in 37 minutes, also had 11 rebounds, 11 assists. He's good at basketball, Is just in. Overall, though, I think a key stat that you look at, and it was good to see him get back into the game, and Josh Hart, six turnovers, though. And he came at inopportune times, to say the least. Head coach Willie Green in that final minute of play, too. Pels maybe could have pulled that one away. Um, B.I. got hit by a screen, and he was trying to get over, got over late, tried to contest, and unfortunately fouled uh, Morris. But those are the things that we just we have to be better at down the stretch of games. It's so key to come down, to execute, and the force teams that have to make shots over your defense. And I thought for maybe 40-plus minutes we did that, but then we had a few minutes where we didn't, and they took advantage of it. <laughs> Excuse me, indeed. And one of the, the things that, that, that does stink, again, is you played well, more than likely well enough that you just, again, that that's why they're superstars. That's why they win MVPs. That's why they are MVP candidates. Uh, Green touched on how he thought the team did their best to try to defend Joker at the end of the day. Jokic. Yeah, he's a tough cover. Um, no matter what you do, guys like him, when they make their mind up, they, they can score. Um, our game plan was to try to stay home with a lot of their guys uh, and make him have to score. We did somewhat of a good job of that, but his shot fakes got us a few times, getting to the free throw line. Um, but like I said, we, we did enough to win the game. We just didn't take care of the basketball. And and if I can keep it as simple as I can, that's the key for us, take care of the basketball. The other element of it, too, is remember the list last year. The list last year was blown double-digit leads. The list this year is... Late game situations, 10 of them where you perhaps could have won. You're one in nine, Coach Green. 
just got to get better executing. Simple. Um, and you guys saw tonight, we had moments where we were great, especially in the second half. And then down the stretch, we just didn't execute well enough. So I think it is that simple, honestly. I Turnovers, man, at the wrong time. You just execute the play. I mean, obviously the shots have to be made, but you're not, not even getting to these shots, right? Uh, overall, Herb Jones on, again, another tough late game situation. We don't come out on top. Uh, man, that's it. Uh, I'm just executing uh, when we have to, uh, regardless of uh, the matchups or what the other team try to do. We we got to go out and, and execute what we uh, plan on executing. You heard him say what other teams try to do. They were trying to take away Brandon Ingram. Obviously, he had a 40-point game early in the week at Houston, and, and that's why maybe some other guys did have opportunities. Look, I, th- I do think it's a positive that all five players win double figures last night. I think that's a, that's a nice thing to start to see more frequently. Hopefully, it'd be great. Um, Willie Green on if they can free up Brandon Ingram a little bit more. No, we did it. I mean, he got off the ball. Uh, guys got involved. Guys made shots. We did all of the things necessary. We just got to take care of the ball. Uh, and, and some of them were unforced errors. Um, throwing the ball out of bounds with nobody on us. Uh, things like that that we have to be better. Is there anything more infuriating than that? <laughs> Being honest, you're watching the game. You're like, all right, come on, man. You can beat the Denver team. They're pretty good. It's a nice win at home. It, oh, I threw it out of bounds. I mean, it's, that, I mean, that's the thing. Like, if the shot doesn't go down, Jokic or somebody, you know, deflects it, shot block, good defense, rotation, double team forces, you know, a basketball play. Oh, so annoying in late game situations when – Literally, they're an errant pass or just miscommunication, right? Brandon Ingram and what went wrong. In overtime, they made they just made more shots than us. Um, I think Jokic just made play after play after play, um, the right play after play after play. And um, in overtime, we didn't make shots. Um, could have had a little bit better execution um, on the offense and defensive end. And um, thinking in overtimes where I got to be um, more aggressive, I got to make the adjustment and um, find a way to, to help out our team. A little more assessment at the end of the game, the bad play. It's a bad play for me. You know, um, I can't, I can't uh, commit a foul at that point in the game. Um, and then the one before that, um, I had a, another defensive foul. So there was a lot of mistakes on the defensive end for me. And even on the offensive end, um, I think I could have made the right play after play after play. Um, seeing guys coming over and, um, Seeing the corner wide open, seeing the middle wide open, could have made some more plays. Um, but that definitely can't happen at the end of, end of a game. One of the things that he touches on is adjustments specifically. You just got to continue to learn and adjust, you know. At the end of the game or throughout the whole game, we, we ran the pick and roll and they were up the whole night. So we just got to find a way to adjust and, and get them in a different coverage or just try to attack the coverage and score off of it. But also on the defensive end, we got to get more stops. Um, we can't turn the ball over um, as much as we did. And um, we got to execute. We'll hear more from the Pels coming up here at 2.15 with Daniel Salerson. Again, he's at practice right now. We will have Coach Green talking about the news that just broke about 10 minutes ago. Kyra Lewis is going to be out the rest of the season as he indeed did suffer a serious knee injury last night. Torn ACL, grade two MCL sprain. So Kyrie Lewis's season is over. Quick break. When we come back, we will hear from head coach Sean Payton, um, Taysom Hill, Paulson Adebo, Marquez Calloway, as the Saints prepare to take on the Jets. The injury report. You got to like it because Alvin Kamara was on it. As in coming back fully practicing and upped the line in Vegas by half a turn. It was five. Now the Saints are five and a half point favorites. You're listening to your home. Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans.
Hey, hey, my friends, it's Dana DeFran Freelo here. Just wanted to reach out to you that our Golden Motors are here and ready to help you take care of you and your family's vehicle needs. We have new inventory arriving daily. Check us out 24-7 at goldenmotors.com. Give us a call at 985-325-1000 or stop by and let myself or one of our awesome team members take care of you and get one less worry off your shoulders. Always remember, price is priority. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Sunrise in the blue skies Birds flying through paradise A little bit longer, another day stronger Somebody smiling down on me with those Warm days and cooler nights Friends and family and candlelight Feels like I've been running But something better's coming Don't wanna have to wait and see This feels like home It's where I wanna be and all the troubles that come and go Can never take you away This feels like life Like it's meant to be Cause when I see you smiling You know I can't deny it Feels like coming home to me This feels like home Rouse's Markets knows There's no place like home for the holidays Rouse's Markets Feels like home. You say you do. Sports, sports. Hello, sports fans. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003. Pels fans, if you'd like to chime in on that, man, that really stinks. Bobby Marks, by the way, as Andrew Lopez just retweeted him, is the ESPN NBA front office insider. Just tweeted seven minutes ago, New Orleans can apply for a $1.81 million disabled player exception with Kyra Lewis Jr. now lost for the season. However, the Pelicans would need to open up a roster spot in order to use the exception. So, they can get $1.81 mil, maybe use that another player. The problem is you have to open up a roster spot to that. Again, Kyra Lewis going down last night in the news this morning, torn ACL, grade 2 MCL sprain. As for you, New Orleans Saints, injuries, also a part of the situation there. Taysom Hill yesterday after practice, how's the finger feel? Uh, I, I felt okay throwing the ball today. Um, again, it was kind of one of those things Sunday where I felt like I was able to do what I needed to do. And I think that will be, again, a, a work in progress throughout this week to see what my effectiveness is. As far as what I, <clears throat> what I do, as far as the splint and tape and all that, um, we've tried a handful of different things already. Uh, we'll continue to try other things and figure out what works best. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does it feel like, he was asked yesterday after practice, throwing the football with a mallet finger? Does Is it something you have to adjust to? Can you plan for it, prep for it, practice with it? I, you know, just what's it like? No, I, I don't I don't have a lot of pain uh, with the finger. You know, I've I've kept it splinted since it happened, and and so uh, that that really I haven't had any pain when it's when it's in the splint. Um, I think the sensation of gripping the ball, throwing the ball, that that has changed, and that that's been the biggest thing. And, and as I mentioned earlier, it's trying to figure out what is the best process to have that feel as normal as possible, um, and and that's what we're working through because. You know, you you do something to your your hand and your finger on your throwing throwing hand, and uh, all of a sudden things change, and you're trying to adjust. So, what are the other aspects of Taysom and that finger? He was asked, "Will it need surgery?" No. Um, there's obviously there's a couple options. You can have surgery. You can fix it that way, uh, or you can splint it for eight weeks and. Hopefully that that scars down and you have the full use of your hand. So we've we've explored different options. We've had multiple conversations with other specialists, and um, you know I think right now I'm, I'm gonna sorry uh, just try to try to try to splint it 
and see how that does. But, um, you know, if you can avoid surgery, I'm certainly a fan of doing that. One of the other aspects of it, too, that you're thinking of when you, you hear that that happened, that, that finger, that injury, if he can and can't throw, is he hurting the team more by playing or would it be better for the team? And the, he was asked sort of around that, like, do you think about it from that aspect? Like, at what point do you say, well, I, you know, me being out here is not helping? Look, that's a tough thing to do. You know, um, I'm trying I'm trying to find that balance, uh, if, if I'm being honest. And I've, I've had conversation with some of the coaches like, listen, I'm going out to play I'm going out to compete I'm going out to to practice at full go this week and um, if you guys see something to where you feel like I can't be as effective as I need to be then then you know I I get it and I'm a team guy like I'll I'll be available to play at at whatever capacity you know that looks like Um, but my mindset you know is to prepare prepare to play at at full capacity and then we'll, we'll go from there I don't know how else to approach it as for last week, his thoughts on if there was anything positive to take away of it. Obviously, look, the, the four interceptions is a very big negative. It absolutely helped Dallas win the game, and it's something that you don't want to continue to do. But were there some things that he did feel comfortable doing and that he thought the offense did execute and do some things well? Um, look, I mean, I think we, we, we moved the ball. You know, I think we had over 400 yards of total offense, and so you look at some of those numbers, and you're like, "Wow, that you know that was that was a positive from this game." And then you you kind of start watching it, and you look at some of the stuff that happened, and you're like, "Well, yeah, you realize you put 17 points up because you had four turnovers." And so, you know, all the positives were just kind of overshadowed by by the turnovers. So when you did have opportunities to score, we didn't take advantage of them. Um, but I thought overall, I thought our tempo was good, man. I thought guys played you know hard with a lot of you know passion and you know I thought that we did a lot of things really well up front you know we moved the ball we ran the ball well um again it's just overshadowed by the turnovers Mm -hmm. um one of the other aspects of moving forward over the next five weeks I I kind of said this a little bit earlier in the week It, it is an evaluation isn't it what if they do win three or five, four or five, whatever? What if this team gets into the playoffs with him at quarterback? Does it affect how you feel next year about it? I mean, it is. Here's your opportunities, your chance. Trying to get a team into the postseason. Well, Gus, uh, the, you know, the adversity of not really having a receiving I, I get it, but that's going to happen every year. Every year you're going to have players go down and maybe key players. You may have a position group that doesn't play as well. You may have injuries to a position group that does affect the season. This is what it's like to be quarterback. Some years it's going to be easier than others, and you have to deal with it. Tom Brady and the Bucks have dealt with it. Rob Gronkowski just coming back last week, right? He missed some games. He may or may not have Antonio Brown back at all, as there's rumors that the organization may release him after the suspension with the whole COVID thing and the fake vaccination card. You deal with it. I mean, that's so it is a very true, real and evaluation here as well. And I think he understands that. And the Saints postseason hopes legitimately are in his hands. A big portion of it. I don't know. I mean, look, we, we've we've talked at length of this year for me and the ups and the downs and, you know, managing expectations and disappointment and all that stuff. And, and I will tell you throughout this year, um, I have learned that you just, you manage, you manage the opportunities that come your way. And uh, that, that's really been where my mindset has been, you know, what can I do each week to help our team, you know, win football games and, and be effective. And so that mindset has carried me through the season. Uh, it's no different now than it was last week than the previous week. And um, so, you know, now that I've had an opportunity to play full-time QB, you know, this is the next opportunity for me. Um, and I'm going to do everything I can to, you know, take it, take advantage of that and, and help us win games. Now, of course, obviously, he's going to need some guys to step up. One of those guys in that position group that needs to, especially with Deontay Harris out for three games, Marquez Callaway. Simple question yesterday after practice. Any added pressure knowing that, you know, you, it, it's you? Uh, not really. 
I mean, Deontay was a big part of our offense, so that'll hurt us. But um, like how we've been doing all season, you know, next guy got to be able to step up. And this week, um, Aesop's going to get the chance. And, you know, he's been waiting all season, you know. Him and KB been going at it with scout team. And it's Aesop's turn. He's going to do what he can to step up. I'm excited for him. I know he's excited. Other things that Callaway touched on yesterday was the overall performance of the offense in the Dallas game. His thoughts? It's not a fact that, you know, we can't do it because everybody here can play. Everybody's talented. And, you know, we do what we can, you know. So being able to go out there against a good Dallas defense and, you know, put up what we did, regardless of the turnovers, I mean, if we didn't have the turnovers, it would be a different game. You know, if we didn't do some things that hurt ourselves, it would have been a different game. So I think the best thing is to clean up our mess, limit the turnovers, limit the penalties, and um, just off that, it would be a whole different outcome maybe. One of the things that Callaway also touched on yesterday was the progress of Lil Jordan Humphrey. He's going to have to step it up as well. Oh, man, Lil Jordan has always been, you know, a guy that was, that was always ready to step in and uh, just make the play, be the guy, whether it's blocking or, you know, catching touchdowns. And, you know, he was up at the beginning of the season, then we moved him down. And Coach always told him every every week, you know, just be ready, you know. I, Coach always has our back, has our side, and he's told him every and, you know, just be ready, you know, never know what's going to happen. And the last few weeks, you know, it's been paid off, and I think it's showing that he's actually, like, can do it. And I, I think the coaches know now, so they won't be afraid. I think one thing, too, part of that evaluation process, I'm just telling you, Plantar fasciitis, or fascia, torn, not torn, dry needling, you name it. Even though Sharif Ishaq texted me last week that he gets it all over the body. Shoulders, legs, whatever. Good for you. A- anything where I have to walk in and the trainer says, here's a towel for you to bite on. I'm finding an ulterior, an alternative motive. I had stepped. It's just me. Mallet, finger, all that stuff. It, toughness issues, what I'm trying to get at here. I got to imagine your locker room sees that. I got to imagine your locker room knows how much this is important to you. He wants to be the quarterback. And also he's dealing with, I mean, literally, your throwing hand injury and your foot. And he runs. That's part of his strength. Callaway on Taysom's toughness. Everybody know how tough Taysom is, you know, just by just, you know, being able to play all the positions played and just being able to fight through everything he's been fighting through. Like this season hasn't been well to us injury wise and people we got people playing through injuries that you wouldn't know. You got people, you know, that's injured, that's not playing, but it's showing how he just went out there and ran. Over you said over a hundred, yeah, over a hundred yards with a foot and a hand injury playing quarterback. I mean, it, everything's right there in front of you, you know. Yeah, again, it's he is tough. No one's ever going to say he's not there as well. And I definitely think there's an as an element that people want to see him succeed to an extent because a that means what that um that the Saints are winning. But yes, Taysom Hill carried the ball 11 times, 101 yards. Again, it's, it's why Maddie and others said, look, that's what he brings. But again, that is what you have to do, right? And if you would have Kamara and Ingram, you wonder if you kind of go with what, what Philly does and how that would go over the length of a season. You can see how on certain plays when Jalen Hurts, one-on-one, or it was a two-on-one, essentially almost like a fast break in basketball. We saw Cam Jordan on the end. Hurts on the inside of him, the running back on the outside of him. Hurts fakes the pitch. Cam didn't move. Frozen. There goes Hurts. Right past him. I I can see how that would work with Taysom Hill and Kamara. I mean, who are you getting? Both will run past you or run you over. 11 carries, 101 yards. He also threw 41 times, but the team was down a bit. So it was four interceptions. I, I think he plays better this week. Sean Payton said it this week. I think he plays better this week. Again, that is a very, very tough spot to be in. 
suffering concussion, and then you don't see action for a while. Right? I mean, it's tough when you look at it from that perspective. Didn't see the field even though he was dressed for that. So, I don't know. Quick break. We come back. The voice of the Tulane Green Wave will uh, touch quickly and get a update on Tulane basketball as we'll continue to do that. Chris Blair normally on Thursdays. Couldn't get a hold of him this week. We'll get him next week as we try to transition that because Tiger basketball continues to play very well. So we'll keep tabs on that. Plus, we'll throw in a couple of other teams here as well throughout the college basketball season, including the Colonels. See how they're doing. It's the sports hangover in your home for Pelicans basketball, ESB in New Orleans. On August 29, 2021, Hurricane Ida wreaked havoc on our community, leaving thousands of people feeling helpless, vulnerable, and desperate. We refuse to let insurance companies do the same. At AMO Trial Lawyers, we have assembled a team of not only attorneys, but also contractors, adjusters, engineers, and estimators with the focus of maximizing your claim value and assisting in your recovery. If you think your insurance company isn't treating you fairly, get a name that insurance companies know by calling 985-446-3333. I'm Matt Ori. And I'm David Ardwin. And we are the AMO Advantage. El Paso Mexican Grill and Steakhouse Highway 1 in Raceland features fantastic, authentic Mexican food and steaks. They have great lunch specials Monday to Fridays, plus enjoy happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m. with two-for-one margaritas. And on Fridays, it's two-for-one margaritas from open to close, plus live music on Friday evenings. El Paso Mexican Food and Steakhouse on Highway 1 Raceland. Within days of Hurricane Ida making landfall, Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacies were up and running, providing vital medication to our patients and visitors. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding you the lowest cost available on your medications. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let us review your options with you. Located in Rouse's Supermarket on Highway 3235 in La Rose or at the Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff, We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. This holiday season, give the gift of Craftsman Tools at Lowe's. With a heritage of performance and reliability, Craftsman is the perfect gift for the project people on your list. There's something for every builder, fixer, and creator you know. Choose from power tools, outdoor power equipment, mechanics tools, tool storage, and more. Shop in-store, online, or through our app. Because there are more ways to holiday at Lowe's. And a gift from Lowe's is a gift that leads to more. U.S. only. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Let's hit it. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. He's your friend in mind. Even though you never met him, I can tell you. Corey Glory, voice of the LSU. I mean, I'm sorry. Ha <laughs> ha, Tulane Green. Wow. Wow. Uh, joins us now. Again, I'm trying to get a hold of Chris Blair. I'm sorry. Um, but no, you are a friend because you made sure that I could hear yesterday, even though it didn't work. You you made the effort. You came before my game. You worked feverishly when you could have literally just been home hanging out. I appreciate that. Uh, and, uh, and thank you, uh, Gus, for battling through yesterday. I mean, I, I'm not just a friend. I'm the director. Broadcasting. That's right. I'm sorry. Director. Yes. Director of uh, broadcasting. That's right. Uh, And so, uh, and so, when things are going haywire on our our broadcast, uh, I I tried to figure it out. I don't know if you figured it out last night, but you did sound good. It was. It was. You got a historic night too. The call. So, I I got home, and I told my wife that Moon Erson played at Destrehan. We we tried to get her on the show earlier today, but they're doing a banquet and some things. Got a triple-double, which, Corey, I've never called a triple-double in women's basketball. I asked associate head coach Alan Fry after the postgame, and he's coached a while, high school, college. That's never He's never seen it. It's the first triple-double in program history, the seventh, I think, this season when I Googled it on the NCAA stats this season in women's basketball. So it doesn't happen very often in the game, and it's remarkable – I got, and I got home, I told my, my wife, I'm like, I called the triple double. She's kind of, it's the first in program history. She goes, how was it? I'm like, I, I barely heard it. Cause I, I, 
I couldn't hear myself. I couldn't hear the cry. But it was, you know what was comforting? I went back and listened to the tape and because it's recorded, Corey, and yeah. the level sounded fine. I don't know how they did, but I it, it sounded fine. Even though oh, I could trust, barely hear it. <laughs> yeah, trust me. Uh, if uh, like because I was listening too, obviously because of, of I mean of all the fun we were having last night. Yeah. Uh, and I would have uh, I would have notified our, our, your friendly producer Jason if things were not sounding proper there. But it sounded good. I could hear you. You had a great call that last assist. I'm proud of you, Bud, for battling through. Oh, I appreciate it. I think what was interesting is uh, if people only knew. I mean, that's it, not just me. I know the graph's gone through it. You've gone through it. We're literally sometimes back and forth in the studio up without listeners knowing it. Tell me to turn it up or turn it down. How about now? How about now? Do you hear me now? It's it's lower, higher. The the goal is the listening audience has no (laughs) idea what we're dealing with. (laughs) But you helped me again. You're a friend. I mean, you're you're a huge friend. I'm working with the equipment. And then I saw a finger and you pointed as to who made the bucket as I didn't see who made the bucket. It's good. Thank you for for getting my back there, buddy. Appreciate it. Hey, and for all things considered, that was that was a, a good call, of yours, my man. I hear you, man. How's the basketball doing uh, under Ron Hunter here, man? I, I, I when I last talked to you last week, they're three and six, but some of those losses I mentioned was what four points, three points. I mean, some close losses in there. The last time they, they, you guys played was Tuesday against the College of Charleston, eighty six seventy two. After winning against Alcorn State, eighty-five to sixty-four, so that's kind of essentially a week's worth of, of hoops here. What, what's the difference in the win? What's the difference in the loss? Well, the Jalen Cook uh, was not available Tuesday night against Charleston. He, he came up with a hamstring issue in the win over Alcorn Saturday, uh, but they kind of knew heading in that they weren't going to have him on Tuesday night, and so they were prepared for that. I thought Devon Baker, who was transfer from UNC Asheville. He stepped in pretty admirably as the, the lead point guard on Tuesday night, and they were really holding Charleston down for the first half. That's a very good three-point shooting team. That's a very good pace team. It's one of the faster teams in, in the NCAA right now, and they were kind of making them play a rock fight, and that's how Tulane needed to play that game. And then the floodgates started opening from downtown in the second half, and then I think what was most worrisome to me is, yeah, you're without Jalen Cook for that game, but you could see exhaustion creep in in that game. Uh, and now Charleston will run, and that leads to getting tired. And they rotate in 12 guys regularly in their lineups. But, you know, by this point in the year, um, you don't want to see exhaustion creeping in the final eight minutes of games. Like, we're, we're deep enough into the season now, nine games in, or you know, you, you don't want that even if you're a man down. And so right. I think now having a week off, you know, with finals here before you make the trip to AM, hopefully that means there's some physical recuperation coming for this team because in a couple of weeks you're going to be seeing the American and they're not going to be letting up with you in the final eight minutes of the game. So it's, it's not a bye week, right? You have a week off and it's not really a week off. Those kids got to somehow uh, finish and, and complete some finals. But it's a, it's a, maybe at least for us a, a time to pause and kind of look at it. What would you say is a positive that Coach Ron Hunter is seeing in his team, and what is the absolute thing that they have to fix and get better at here as they get back in action in a week? I think the positive that's come out of this so far, and, and even Tuesday notwithstanding here, is that by and large they are playing the type of defense that he's looking for, the, the attack matchup zone type defense. And I'll throw a few wrinkles at it here and there, but that's the biggest adjustment when you're talking about enough new guys coming into the team and Ron Hunter's defense is very particular. He's been with this defense for nearly three decades now. Um, and if you can play that style of defense, then you're going to get a lot more playing time. That's led to inconsistencies offensively. And, and I think there hasn't been a real you know, fluid offensive game aside from the win over Alcorn yet uh, back on Saturday. And so they're still in the process of figuring out who is best capable of doing what on the offensive side of the floor. Defensively, I think they've, they've done a pretty decent job figuring out who needs to do what, what types of zones work better, when to crank up full court pressure, which has worked well over the course of the year, but offensively, still some speed bumps here. 
One of the things that um, I'll be interested to see here as well against a and they're 7-1. and one. They play, uh, I believe, one more game here on Saturday uh, against TCU. So yep. it'll face them, and then it'll be Tulane next Tuesday, 7 o'clock. When you look at, at that game, too, what, what do you think will be one of the most important things that uh, Ron Hunter's team's got to do here? Well, they, they've got to finish off things. Like, it, it's the, 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 a bugaboo for the first nine games have been starting and ending halves. Like, at the, the middle of halves, they've been great. <laughs> I mean, for about, 30, for about 32 minutes of right. a 40-minute game, they're really impressive to watch. The first couple minutes and the last couple minutes have been floppy. Um, and now we've seen some pretty good starts to games the last couple times out. And so maybe they're settling in on a starting lineup. They put mm-hmm. Jaden Coleman in the starting lineup to give a little bit of spark from downtown, and that's been a nice little boost. Um, you hopefully get Jalen Cook back on Tuesday to kind of find their starting five here, right here, right now. Um, but ending halves, closing things out on a proper note, not getting careless with the basketball, mm-hmm. um, that that's next because you're going to be way up against it against a very good A&M coming up on Tuesday on the road. And so you need composed basketball, smart offense. You know, they had 28 assists at their win on Saturday, and they finished with maybe nine on Tuesday night. Like, it's, you've got to keep the ball moving. you got to find the open shooter and not be one and done and kind of hero ball offense, which we saw too much on Tuesday night. You said last week when it came to football, Willie Fritz knew he had to get out there on the recruiting trail. I, I've seen just like many head coaches, including Nick Saban in the state. You've seen Billy Napier, and there's Willie as well. The old hand and arm around a player uh, going out there recruiting. He he loves that, though. huh? He, he is one of those personable guys that obviously you need to go be present and try to bring some guys into uptown New Orleans. But I think when you... When you sit in front of Willie Fritz, he, he has a genuine affinity to be able to communicate and and really get to know the players and, and, and see who's going to come onto his program. He loves getting to know people behind, you know, under the helmets. Like, that. that's what really drives him. And so, you know, sitting down in living rooms and chatting with players, chatting with parents, chatting with family, uh, you know, you don't do this for as long as he's done without enjoying that to some capacity. And that's what he's been doing. I mean, almost as soon as they got back from the, the last game of the year at Memphis, he was on the road. I haven't seen him in the office since I've been around uh, mm-hmm. after that season's been over. I mean, it's just like, and, and he knows the deal here too, that this is, you know, he needs to bring some players in. Like, there's no question about it. You're a week away from signing day and um, you're, you're dealing with now a change in the offensive coordinator that they haven't figured out who they're bringing in yet. But you got to lock things down here now because um, two and ten doesn't sit well. And so now you got to make a little bit of a stronger push, and you got to be in living rooms, and you got to really get to know these kids um, and and keep them coming to Uptown because uh, there's there's a lot of more that needs to be done here after this past year. I didn't get a chance to talk to you obviously until today about the American. Conference championship, Cincinnati does it. They're in a college football playoff, man. And I, I find, look, and I, I you know, and I get it. They're one of the teams that's leaving the American Athletic Conference uh, in the near future. That said, they're not leaving before a check gets cashed, sir. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, it, it was yep. a topic around, you know, our team in Miami, which has nothing to do with football, but everyone was rooting for the Bearcats because it, it helped the conference. And while they're leaving. They're still in the conference. So, you know what? Whatever money that is, I don't know the exact amount, Corey, but a check is coming its way to Tulane University just because the Bearcats in the college football playoff. It was the same deal when Houston made their final four run this past spring. Like, it was, you know, yeah, Houston's heading out too right now. But, um, no, there, there's no question that, that the people in the Wilson Center in Uptown were, were more than pleased to see Cincinnati break through here and make the playoff because, mm-hmm. yeah, that means, you know, Tulane gets a check coming their way, and that, that you'll always take that, the arms race that is college sports right now. So um, it, it, I think you hear a lot about it when it comes to the SEC and how suddenly, you know, rivals start cheering for an Alabama or whatnot when they're in a postseason because the SEC and it just means more or whatever the hell that means. But I think it's, it's what I think what we see as, as segmented 
as the American has been in their formation. Sure. Um, there's no real natural rivalries or anything that, aside from the Florida schools, they can really point to. Um, but with everything that has been hurled at them since mm-hmm. this league formed and all the, the, the national media about talking about the Americans not worth the time and, and sure. all of that fun, there's a real honest, like, yeah, we finally proved you wrong amongst the league. Um, and regardless of what you feel about Cincinnati and Luke Fickle, and their chances against Alabama, like that—that's not the point here. Like the, the American finally was able to um, give the committee no reason to leave them out, and they were—they were finding every reason in the book to leave out Houston and UCF and, and all those schools that come before. And finally, Cincinnati said, "Nope, you're you're going to put us in now, and you're going to put the American in, and you're going to have to deal with it." Give me one second here. I want to make sure I'm accurate. I'm sending an email to our guys at Learfield. Corey Glor suggests new tagline from Learfield. It just means more. Thank you, Corey. I will send that yeah, out hey. now. Let's see if let's see if they they approve. I like that. You know, yeah. you're listening to so and so in such and such sport from Learfield. It just means more. <laughs> I like. It. See, it's what, it's what we do. Thanks, Corey. We'll talk next week, bud. See you. Guys. Voice of the Tulane Green Wave, Corey Glore. You can follow him on Twitter, at Corey Glore. Quick break, Coach G. We'll talk foosball, as in football, soccer with Coach G. We'll go around the EPL, a bunch of different uh, leagues here as well, and some storylines that he thinks are pretty interesting. We'll do that next on ESPN New Orleans. So keep your eyes on the horizon, on the line where blue meets poker players know there's a difference at cash magic a big difference at your local cash magic casino you'll have fun playing the newest games while enjoying our fast and friendly vip service cash magic is my lucky place they really do make you feel like a vip it's time to have fun so let us make you feel right at home with our fast and friendly vip service Come feel the magic today at one of our nine Cash Magic casinos in Southeast Louisiana, including our two newest locations, Cash Magic Galliano and the Royal Flush in Homa, Louisiana's favorite place to play video poker, Cash Magic. You'll always be a VIP Cash Magic. Must be 21 or older. Valid ID required. Gambling problem 877-770-STOP. It's the Big Finish Sales Event at Southland Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Rams, long-lasting new pickups, or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram trucker van at Southland Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets, also holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe Septic Contractors 24-7-985-632-5592. In Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, and Reserve, or visit their website at joeseptic at viscom.net. One performance a day. Well, let's get this show on the road, eh? Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back. Coach G, normally on Wednesdays, unless I forget, or Coach is trying to fill in multiple roles over there at Warren Easton. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, man. How are you guys doing over there? Doing well. Pat G. Contori. So much to kind of get into here. I felt like the last couple of times that we chatted, though, it was all about World Cup qualification Mm-hmm. Gonna wait here. Got got a bit of a break until the new year when that happens with massive games coming up here, mm-hmm. obviously, in January. That said, doesn't mean that uh soccer is not on the radar here, sir. Where would you like to start? 
Oh, man. Well, I sent you a text message with that Sam Kerr little uh, yeah. shoulder into a, uh, a spectator. Um, I don't know if any of the uh, people that listen to the show, but um, there was a gentleman in a women's uh, Champions League versus uh, Ch- uh, Chelsea versus Juve, Juventus. And Sam Kerr, who's an American uh, player, a uh, drunken gentleman, was on the field acting like a schmuck. And our American Sam Kerr went over there, just gave him a little shoulder right in the guy's chest, put him flat on his butt, and uh, she proceeded to get a yellow card after that. So I guess you really can't touch players or fans who come on the field to disrupt the game. So that was pretty cool to see. Um, another big story right now, Pele, the infamous, famous Pele, number one guy of soccer right now. He's in the hospital with cancer. Uh, reports saying it's coming out next couple of days, but uh, it's one of those legacies that um, once he's gone, um, the, the legacy of him and Brazil soccer in the 1950s and 60s, 60s will uh, always be just a legend like, like him himself. So we should kind of give him um, all the press he, he can, that we can do right now with um, while he's being alive. But um, besides that, let's talk about some EPL teams. Let's talk about some uh, Champions League because uh, they both kind of go hand-in-hand hand where Man City, Liverpool, Manchester United all got uh, first place in their group stages. Uh, Liverpool became the very first English team uh, winning six games out of six games in uh, in the uh, Champions League uh, uh, group play, um, which is phenomenal. Chelsea got second place. They only lost to Juve 1-0, but also they didn't bring their A squad with them. Uh, a couple other things are going on right now. Uh, Man U is kind of shaken up a little bit um, with their coaching staff. Uh, the new coach right now, who's a German, that's got his, I didn't know how to pronounce his last name, sorry about that. Uh, he brought in a sports psychologist, which I think is um, very important for any sports team. It doesn't matter sure. if it's baseball, soccer, football. Um, these gentlemen and ladies go through such um, such extremes and ups and downs and all the pressures. I think um, reading about this story, I think it's very smart that he kind of hired this sports psychologist to kind of pick the brains of, of the players. Again, my I'm a, kind of a business guy mentally thinking is if you're going to be spending all these millions and millions of dollars, you want to make sure that, A, your players are healthy physically as well as mentally. Um, when, I, when I talk about physically, I talk about especially a guy who comes to my head is Christian Pulisic, who's got such great potential. We love him on the U.S. national men's team, but for whatever reason, uh, mental um, health right now is declining with him. He is, he's getting injured, then he gets back, um, plays a little bit, he gets injured again, and all the pressure of him being the number one guy um, for the U.S., it's kind of kind of weighing heavily on him. So it's cool to see that Manchester United is kind of leading the way in, in kind of publicity, or um, I'm sorry, publicity sizing, that A, there is another aspect of sports, and here it is with the psychology of it. So that's kind of cool to see that EPL is kind of going that route. Um, another major story right now is Barca. Barcelona got third place in the Champions group play. So that actually knocked them down to the Europa tournament. Um, so they've been in the Europa tournament since 2003. So we look about 20 years of just really just crushing a lot of the competitions in La Liga to become first and second to stay in um, the champions and doing very successful in the Champions League uh, group play, getting first place or second place. But this year, since Messi left for PSG, they're not as strong right now. So uh, it's good to see that Barca kind of came back to, uh, to, uh, to earth here. So we'll see what happens and who they um, get paired up over in the uh, Europa League coming up here. I believe the draw is coming up in the next couple of days. Uh, last day today is Europa is their final group play. So it looks like everything is uh, pretty standard. Uh, West Ham is uh, looking really, really good right now. Um, looks like they got first place. And even if they lose today, which I don't think they will, they'll still have first place. So things are looking good right now for Europa and any of the EPL teams. And even like for the Champions League, um, all the, the five major teams that are, I'm sorry, the four major teams that are up there right now, we're looking solid. Chelsea, even though they had um, second place, they're still solid. So that's up. It's really good right now. Major concern right now is with uh, Leicester City and Spurs, a uh, great Tottenham team. Both of them are, games are being um, canceled. I, uh, I think that, Spurs, yeah. this will be the third game coming up. And I think Leicester City went to Italy today, play against Napoli. I think they're losing, you know, they lost 3 2. This, it's about seven or eight players did not travel with them because of COVID. So something's going on right now in England. So kind of, kind of you need to kind of keep an eye on this, especially because uh, Tottenham plays in London. London's a huge, populous city right now, and a lot of the major sports teams like Arsenal, West Ham, uh, Crystal Palace—they all are London-based teams. So uh, we'll see what's happening right, right now. Uh, looks like COVID's going through some of the EPL teams. I was going to say, um, Coach, with the COVID outbreak, it really hasn't been too many or or i guess many games in the last couple of months really right i mean you, you saw when everybody started to get back to action still no fans mm-hmm. then he brought in the fans you really haven't had too many quote-unquote team or 
you know, outbreaks in the leagues, haven't they? Like, I don't feel like no. you postponed it, it, a championship or postponed, you know, play too much to where it affected a championship. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, especially with this season, this is, I think, the only game that really comes, or the only club, I would say, that comes to mind where games were actually canceled. Now, uh, during the international break, when some of the clubs would release their players to go into Latin America, then there's a different situation. But um, to have one solid team like this, it's, it's something kind of going on. So, um, again, I think all the sports teams are really going through all the measures, making sure that all the players are safe. Um, sometimes this just kind of happens. So, but as of right now, this year, it looks like everything has been going smoothly in soccer and in sports. And uh, here and there, a game might be canceled. But, yeah, not no major, major issues. Um, except for Spurs, so thank God they are my uh, my personal team, Arsenal's uh, rival. So it's good to see that our rival's kind of down right now. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We're going to keep our keep an eye on this, but we'll see what happens in, in London, especially over in Europe, because of uh, this another strands going around right now. Back to Saturday, next Saturday, the U.S. men's team is a friendly against Bosnia and Herzegovina. Yep, Herzegovina. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, I, it, again, that's one of those things too that. It, Another chance for, I guess, for for coach to try to find some other players here. I, I don't want to expect yeah. that one to really have a lot of the bigger names, right? Well, I guess as for a fan, I would love to see the number one squad go against a European squad. Uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina, they're not a major, major, you know, <laughs> national team, but they do have some decent players that play all throughout Europe. So for me, it's always good. Uh, where we stack up against European teams, but I'm not the head coach, even though I do have coach in part of my name. Uh, Alter, uh, what do you want to do? Yeah, I see what he wants to do. He wants to have the young guys come in, prove what their talent is, tr- kind of scout what the next kind of generation is to see where where United States men uh, national team is heading to. We can only uh, rely on the people right now, but like I said, Christian Pulisic has been hurt. He's been, you know, knees and ankles, this and that. We can't really rely on our big guys anymore. So we kind of have to look around to our the, the, the sub-players, the, the people that maybe are 20, 19 years old that might have a chance. So it's a really good time right now to kind of bring them. But also I would like to see some of the major players also um, kind of play with them. They need to know how to play with each other. We kind of saw that with the Gold Cup and right. uh, with the first two games uh, with, the, um, with the Olympic qualifying. There's two different teams, so I think the coach needs to kind of bridge that gap where even though the teams might look different, the drop of play is not that huge. So uh, I like to see a blend, but, you know, ultimately it's a test of friendly. It's good um, good right before the Olympics and the World Cup to see where we are and stuff like that. So a big overall, I see what he's – I'm okay with it. I like to see the big guys, but I understand getting the 19, 20, 21-year-olds in there to play. I understand the experience, so. Yeah, I'm on the couch with you watching it. I'm not over <laughs> the coaching staff right now over in Bosnia Herzegovina. All so. right, it's you. all good, man. But you are part of the team that's going to be competing for a state championship, sir, as you coach over there at and work over at Warren Easton. Pat Sheekontero, yeah. give us a quick preview, man. you got about a minute and a half. I got a minute and a half to talk about Warren Easton, the state championship. Yeah, it's been decades since Warren Easton uh, won the football games and everything. So right now it's cool. All the band members, all the football players are all excited. The coaches are excited. The staff members, we're ready to go. Uh, we're, we're trying to get a pep rally going for tomorrow. We'll see. But, yeah, our, 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 our things right now, we're, we're on all eight cylinders. We're flying right now. So life is good right now. Tomorrow, Friday night in the Superdome. Um, us first, Westgate. Uh, Westgate beat uh, Edna Carr last week, and we're very surprised about that. But we really don't care who shows up. We, uh, as long as we stick to our game plan, no one can stop us. So right now, we're looking good. The boys are looking good. They're positive. We're ready to go. So it's too bad. It's not Friday right now. But, yeah, we have to wait another day, sir. <laughs> I got you. If you guys win, Coach, or when you guys win, are you going to celebrate when? soccer style? Or are you going to celebrate just kind of, you know, fist bumping and it, cheering? You know what? It, it, it is a, it is football, but it's not football. So, um, you know, I'm going to leave this up to the boys. I'm going to take a bunch of pictures. It's really their moment, and it's the okay. high school, you know, it's the community that we um, that I work in. But it's really for the boys. So, um, to be honest, when we win, I want to see the boys' reaction. I want to see the happiness and all the hard work they put in all their lives. And that's why we play sports. You know, we want to win. We want to win championships. And I love, doesn't matter what sport, even watching the, um, the Super Bowl, just seeing the players just, you know, just cry and just see how happy and all the sacrifices and, 
the sleepless nights and the broken bones and muscles. I love watching those reactions, and I sometimes like to watch the losers because it builds that fire. And so I hope the boys and hope we get the good end of, of the outcome. But, yeah, uh, we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate hard like we do here anyways uh, in New Orleans. So uh, let's go, man. I'm ready for tomorrow night. Good stuff. Pat G. Conterry, like to call him Coach G. Appreciate it as always, sir. We'll touch base again next week. And good luck to you. It's Warren Easton. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Championship as well, for sure. And that brings an end to our number two. Daniel Sellerson's going to try to join us here at 215. He's still waiting on Pelicans players to wrap up practice. He's getting that sound. Then he'll give us some of the sound from head coach Willie Green. He's been there almost a half hour. Uh, post-coach Green, almost an hour now, actually, when um, the Pelicans officially announced that Kyra Lewis has a torn ACL and a grade 2 MCL from an injury occurring in the game last night. His season is done. We'll talk about that more next on ESPN New Orleans. Oh, you take the left, I take the right, under arrest, we're under fire. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Fansville, a college football utopia. Fansville. Where the lakes are stocked with ice-cold Dr. Pepper, and the autumn winds rustle with the sweet smell of football glory. And Dr. Pepper. It's a land flowing with onion dip, where even the food pyramid is shaped like a hot dog.